Hi guys, welcome back to the Misf Independent channel. Today we're going to talk about NFTs and what the f are NFTs? <laughs> NFTs are non-fungible tokens and people either love them or they hate them. But I think a lot of people just don't have an opinion about them yet because they don't know what they are. I've been researching this for months, and that's the reason why this hasn't come out a little bit earlier. The first time I heard about NFTs was actually on Clubhouse early in 2021. I don't even know if there are people that are still on Clubhouse because a lot of the NFT enthusiasts have migrated over to Discord or Telegram and all kinds of different online channels. The main thing that I want to get across with this episode is that it's still so early in the NFT game. There is still so much time and so many changes that are going to happen in this space. NFTs are going to change our world. They're like the printing press, the printing press 2.0. And quick little history lesson for anybody who doesn't know what the printing press is. It's basically a mechanism that allowed people to mass produce information. It was a mechanical device that applied pressure to certain surfaces and it allowed for the replication of content. German goldsmith Johannes Gutenberg actually invented the printing press in 1436. And he's credited with inventing the printing press, but even before then, in ancient China and in Korea, they were mass producing content through metal blocks. The reason why the printing press was so revolutionary is because it arguably sparked the Renaissance. Books were printed at a scale and it sparked the scientific revolution. It actually led to the Enlightenment era, which is one of my favorite periods of human history. And it brought up philosophers like John Locke, Voltaire, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, these writers that made people question and think critically. And there's a lot of parallels between the Enlightenment period and what we're going through now, especially if you look at what it did for human thought. And the printing press also started to steal jobs from workers. So a lot of parallels between what happened then and what's happening now in our world. The reason I'm talking about the printing press is because it's arguably the same thing that's happening with NFTs right now. It's the underlying technology that is gonna cause radical shifts in all sorts of different industries. If I was to explain NFTs as simply and easily as possible, it's just digital ownership. An NFT is a secure digital receipt of ownership, not just receipts of images, but digital files. And it can apply to pretty much anything that you can own on the internet. So an NFT is all about ownership, ownership that lives on the Ethereum blockchain. And I'm not going to talk about blockchain technology because I had a whole other podcast on it called Everything You Need to Know About Crypto in 2020. It's not posted on YouTube because it was recorded as just the audio version. So definitely check it out. The link is down below. NFT stands for non-fungible token. And the first part, non-fungible, just means unique. So a Bitcoin is fungible because you can change one Bitcoin for another Bitcoin, still a Bitcoin. A bag of rice is fungible because a bag of rice is a bag of rice and you can change a bag of rice for another bag of rice. It's the same thing. The Mona Lisa is non-fungible because there's only one. And even though there's replicas, they're not valued at the same thing that the original Mona Lisa is valued at. So non-fungible just means one, that there's one and it's unique. And there are a lot of people that will say that NFTs are just images and you can right click and download and it doesn't really matter that they're unique. Well, it does in certain applications, specifically with royalties. So sure, anybody can copy the file, right click and save, but, but the digital ownership piece is more important. Who actually owns the NFT is critical because that's how artists are going to make money. The best way to understand NFTs 
is to look at royalties in the music industry. Royalties are an income stream that's been around in the music industry for a while. So let's take a look at this example. I don't know if you guys remember Nas, the artist who sang Old Town Road, but he's actually dropping two new tracks later this month with Blau. Blau actually created an NFT platform called Royal, and he's releasing these tracks through his platform. So if you wanted to support Nas as an artist, you could buy a NFT for one of the tracks, and there's different tiers as well that I'll get into, but it would be an opportunity for you to support him as an artist and for yourself to potentially make money off of royalties. So he has two songs that are gonna be released, Ultra Black and Rare. And instead of just releasing them on Spotify like any other artist does, he's releasing them through Royal, which is a separate platform. To give you context why an artist would even wanna do this is for every million streams, Spotify pays the artist on average $3,500, $3,500 USD, crazy. And I think part of the reason why is that Spotify up until early 2022 did not turn a profit. So their argument is just that they couldn't afford to pay artists more. And there are hundreds of thousands of artists that are on Spotify. Frankly, I think that's a BS excuse. And if you're operating a business, you should be paying your content creators fairly, but that's just my opinion. And hey, maybe that's why this model is gonna take off. So you as a consumer and a fan of NAS would be able to buy a token of either rare or ultra black. And there's two different tiers that I'm gonna get into. The gold tier, let's say you bought a gold token and you spent $50 on this token. You would get a 0.0143% share of the royalties. If you shell out $5,000 on the other hand for a platinum token, you would get 2.14% of the royalties. And this is going to make a big difference. So both drops or both tracks are limited edition. There's going to be 760 tokens of the first one and 1100 of the second. So fairly limited supply. And you can buy them with a credit card or with crypto, of course. And almost all NFTs are transacted through Ether or on the Ethereum blockchain through Ether as the currency. So let's say you get a diamond share you get 2.14% of the royalties of one of these tracks. Nas, by the way, owns the market label Mass Appeal. So it's not like he's also paying a, uh, a royalty to the label. He owns the label itself. And a million streams on average for a label generates $6,800. So $6,800 for the label. So if you bought a diamond token and you spent $50 on that token, that track would need to be streamed 34.4 million times before you made a profit. Something to think about and why I don't think this is gonna be the best investment for everyone is because the chances of Ultra Black being streamed 53 million times is quite small. If you look at the song already because it has been released, it's been streamed just over 8 million times on Spotify and it has 4.6 million views on their YouTube video. So the chance that it's gonna be streamed 53 million times at least within the first year, is quite slim. Now, if you bought the gold package, on the other hand, where you spent $50 on that NFT instead of 5,000, that same track would need to be streamed 54.4 million times. To be fair, Nas did release Old Town Road, and that song was streamed 2.9 billion times, but that was a mass hit. So it's kind of like playing with fire. It's a very speculative investment, but it works if you want to support the artist. And the model is fantastic because artists now get to be paid for their work and don't rely on, on the Spotify's and the big tech companies for their payout. 
And I'm not trying to put any shade on Royal or Nass. I'm just trying to get a sense of where the value is here. So there is value. There is some value. But the chance that the song is going to be streamed as many times as needed for you to turn a profit is slim. So if you wanted to invest in the token to support the artist, hats off to you. And I think it's incredible that now there's a platform where we can do that. But as an investment, I don't see this being a way for people to make bank. So NFTs, now we know, are not just JPEGs. They can also be music as well, or basically any other digital file. And I want to talk about NFT trading for a second. Personally, I don't trade NFTs. You guys know that I'm a long and strong type of investor. I like to have a long-term outlook when I'm investing. And I think 99.9% .9 of the NFTs in the market right now are going to be valued at zero. So when people say they trade NFTs, what they're doing is they're transferring ownership. So they're buying and selling the ownership rights to whatever that asset is. Why they're going for exorbitant prices is because people are willing to pay for it. So there's somebody on the other end of that transaction bidding and willing to pay that price. You can actually go into OpenSea or Rarible, which are the largest platforms for trading NFTs, and see the rankings for different NFT projects. And they're incredibly volatile. So you can see these different um, assets are going to shift in value, lose value and gain value anywhere from 20% to even 180% a day I've seen. So incredibly volatile, and that goes without saying. Quentin Tarantino, Steph Curry, Logan Paul, all these different celebrities have gone into NFTs recently. And part of the reason that I think they're getting into it is it's kind of like an exclusive club. When you have a Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT, you're, you get put into a Discord group and you get to communicate and chat with other people that also own that NFT. So I don't know if it's the community that they're buying into or if it's just the hype. But outside of just celebrities, there are companies that are buying into NFTs as well. So why are companies investing in them? Again, when you're buying an NFT, it's not just a piece of digital art. It can be a tweet. Jack Dorsey sold his first tweet on Twitter for $2.9 million to a Malaysian businessman. $2.9 But you can also buy a digital picture of a rock. And somebody did buy a digital rock for 1.3 million back in August of 2021. And big brands are also getting into the game. Companies like Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and Pringles are coming out with their own NFTs. Even Visa bought an NFT for $150,000 earlier this year. And Adidas also paid $156,000 for digital art as well. So why are all these companies buying NFTs? And why are they buying these conceptual assets that nobody's going to touch and feel? My thoughts, it's trendy and fun. It's cutting edge technology that's going to redefine how consumers interact with brands. And the thing is, companies are betting on increased adoption and increased adoption tends to take on a life of its own. Increased adoption is going to increase the value exponentially of some of these projects. And the thing with increased adoption is if you look at cell phones, if one person has a cell phone, it's fairly meaningless and worthless. If two people have a cell phone, now there's some value. But if everybody has a cell phone, that is just the standard way of operating now. In the future, the value of a cell phone is now invaluable. That's the potential for NFTs. Companies are looking for different ways to boost their earnings. So they're investing in these different projects as a way to get their brand out there. There's brands like Louis Vuitton, owned by LVMH, which is investing in LV products in the metaverse. And LV, for example, Louis Vuitton is very, very particular about scarcity and how their brand is perceived. They don't like replicas. And because NFTs are a unique form of digital ownership, completely eradicates the concept of a replica. Another thing to note is businesses usually follow trends. So when consumers 
moved into the mall concept. And a lot of people are going to malls to shop. Brands really wanted to be in a mall. And the same thing for e-commerce. When consumers shifted and started buying things online, that's where brands started to have a very increased presence. And so now when consumers are going to gravitate to Web 3.0, where do you think the brands are going to go? They're going to follow. That being said, I think there's going to be a cycle of hype here. So within the next couple of years, there's going to be a bunch of headlines that come out that say that NFTs were a fad and a bubble and a complete waste of time. So I think this is something that's going to happen over a longer period of time. And there is going to be a crypto and an NFT winter where the value of a lot of these projects is going to decrease. But then NFTs are going to rise back up and become a part of our everyday lives. And the reason why is because the metaverse is the future, but it's also already here. Like we spend more time than ever before on the internet. We already have artists like Ariana Grande, Travis Scott, Justin Bieber, who had concerts in the metaverse. So we're spending more and more time online and it's just natural that our technologies are going to evolve as well. And I think high fashion is going to be next. This is super speculative, but I can definitely see Louis Vuitton hosting a fashion show in the metaverse and selling their products as NFTs. The main thing here is that the possibilities are truly endless. And that's why I think brands are spending big. What consumers need to know about NFTs though, is that they're ripe for scams. Because the technology is so fresh and so new, there's still so many different opportunities for scams to come about. And one thing is with copyright. So for example, if you own um, an NFT, a lot of these platforms like Rarible, like OpenSea, which are just exchanges for you to buy and sell NFTs, they don't actually mint any projects themselves. There's no verification to check if what that person is selling or buying is, is copyrighted. If you want to invest in NFTs, you need to know a little bit about the blockchain and you need to know how to open a wallet, a decentralized wallet like MetaMask, how to fund your account, and then how to use an exchange like OpenSea. But the big thing with NFTs is that there are communities where people come together and they talk about this stuff. So if you're curious about NFTs, that's the place that you want to be. You want to be asking people questions. You want to be in Discord chats. You want to be in Telegram talking to people that are buying and selling these projects because those are the people that know or have an idea of what makes a project successful. So now we know what NFTs are, why companies are investing in them, and some forms of how an NFT can be used in our reality. But I wanna talk about some of the future projections that I have for NFTs. And the first thing that I wanna talk about is smart contracts. So I talked about concerts being held in the metaverse. Moving forward, I think concert tickets are one of the first things that are going to be published on the blockchain because there have been so many scams of people being robbed and uh, sold concert tickets that were fraudulent. And again, the main thing that an NFT is good for is it's a unique form of ownership, meaning that there can only be one. The other incredible application is smart contracts for mortgages. So there's actually a company that's already doing this. They're called Bacon Protocol, and they're basically a decentralized mortgage lender. They minted their first seven mortgages as an NFT in four states, and they offered investors a new way to take on debt. The interest rate for each of these NFT mortgages ranged from 1.5% to 3.1%. By comparison, a traditional mortgage in the US around the same time was from 2.27% to 2.98%. It's a little bit of a smaller range, but still incredible the fact that somebody was able to borrow through an NFT. Bacon Protocol isn't alone though. There's a blockchain startup called Proppy, which launched its first real estate NFT. 
They offer a tangible use case for NFTs in the housing market. Proppy auctioned a physical apartment as an NFT, whereas Bacon Protocol offered mortgages. So there's two different applications here, two different companies doing equally exciting things. I don't want to go too deep into NFT mortgages, but you guys know I love real estate and that fascinates me. I just think that this whole space is so exciting, so new, and there's so many different applications for where this tech can go. Bottom line, I don't think the mortgage industry is fully going to be replaced, but it's really interesting to see how all of these new technologies are going to build upon the standard structure that we have now. So NFTs have a bunch of real world applications and they're going to revolutionize so many different industries. We talked about royalties and smart contracts. We talked about mortgages. We talked about why businesses choose to invest in NFTs, but there's still some problems within this space. And the first thing that we talked about is with owning an NFT for something that might be copyrighted and somebody else owning the intellectual property. There's another issue though, and this happens to people that trade NFTs, which I don't personally do right now, where there's a smart contract that's encoded in the NFT where the artist or the creator will make a percentage every time that NFT is transacted. So even though you bought it from someone, they're still making a percentage cut every time that NFT is transacted. And this goes without saying, but NFT prices fluctuate. So you could spend $500 on an NFT thinking it's going to go to 100000 But at the end of the day, if you don't have another buyer for it, at the end of the day, that's just code that's sitting in a wallet that's practically worthless. So my predictions, guaranteed there's going to be an NFT winter that's coming. 99% of the projects that are being sold today will fail and will decrease in value significantly. But the underlying technology of what an NFT is capable of doing is incredibly powerful. And in the next couple years, we're gonna see some major changes in this space. In 2023 and 2024, there's gonna be so many headlines saying that NFTs were a fad and a bubble, but the same thing happened with the internet and the dot-com bubble. There were still a lot of projects, a lot of websites that are successful to date. Look at Google, for example, look at PayPal that came about in the same era. So a lot of you guys are still never gonna own one, but a lot of you will. Hope that helped you understand what NFTs are at least a little bit and stay tuned for next week.